0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Women in Sports Unfiltered. I'm Jakara Ware, joined with my co-host Kyra Joyner and Maka Scott. Today's episode is defining success in the industry. Now what? This discussion will take a look at dealing with unexpected change, making major decisions in your career, and finding success, however you define it. We'll also share actions to take to continue to thrive in your career and in life during this unprecedented time.
1: Dr. Janice Hilliard is the President and CEO of Hilliard Creative Education Development Solutions, a unique education and sports consultancy firm that helps professionals help athletes succeed by providing career consulting and curriculum services. Dr. Hilliard spent 15 years at the NBA where she was most recently VP of Player Development. She has been a secondary education teacher, coach and counselor in Texas and Michigan, and Associate Director of Minority Affairs at Central Michigan University, and the Associate Director of Athletics at the University of Houston and the University of North Carolina. She is a published author, adjunct professor at Michigan State University and Georgetown University. Dr. Hilliard has received numerous awards and recognition, including the Thurgood Marshall College Fund Founders Award, and the International Association of Women's Women's of Wonder honoree and more.
2: So thank you, Dr. Janice, for joining us today. You have an established career. We're so excited to chat with you. So, I'm just going to jump right into it. So, we've all been handling challenges this crazy year in different ways. How have you been holding up both professionally and personally?
3: Well, first of all, thank you for um, inviting me to the podcast today. I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I love to spend Fridays uh, having fun. So thank you um, for inviting me uh, to be here. Yeah, it's been pretty challenging for most people in America, uh, not only with COVID, but with the social justice activities going on, but for people who are also in business um, like myself, like what do you do during this time? So I work at home normally, so I'm used to being at home But at some point, you know, it got to be a little bit stressing, at least I'm in Texas where my family is. So I get an opportunity to jump in the car and drive up to Central Texas and and visit my family. A little bit challenging with your friends because, you know, there's a smaller circle of people that you really want to be around now. But at some point, you got to be social uh, and get out. So mentally and emotionally, I've been doing great physically about the same. I don't work out and do anything physically anyway. so. Overall, pretty good. Thanks for asking.
2: Glad to hear you're doing well and getting some family time in and your your mental state is intact. Yes. You've had a you know a tremendous career, right? Ranging from college athletics as an athletic director, working in the NBA and player development, a college professor, and now CEO of Hilliard Solutions. These positions are dream jobs for so many. You know, take us back a little bit and Tell us about how you found your interest in a career in sports and how you initially got your foot in the door.
3: Well, initially, you know, I was a college student athlete, so I've always been interested in sports, always been interested in coaching, always been interested in anything that's physical. So starting at the University of Houston, where I played uh, and went to undergrad, uh, was my first introduction really to collegiate athletics. And so I had the opportunity with the scholarship to play at the University of Houston and to be just exposed to sports and athletics and coaches who became my mentors and just all of the different careers that are involved in sports and athletics. And then I spent time in the secondary schools coaching um, and teaching here in Texas. And that exposed me even further to not only the sports side, but the educational side. I was a classroom teacher as well. But actually my my career into sports probably happened when I left the secondary education level and segued over into higher education athletics administration. And that was really through the NCAA. So after I had taught a few years um, in Texas and coached, I was an NCAA intern. And uh, by being an NCAA intern, I was exposed to for the first time uh, college athletics at that level and having a background in education and counseling, I had no idea what the jobs were in sports at the college level, and certainly not the professional level at that point. So that segue really kind of projected my career into athletics. And from the NCAA, I had my first position at North Carolina in academic advising. And then from that point, uh, just moved forward working with athletes.
2: So full circle.
3: Full circle. You know, a lot of the student athletes or at least a handful of them, I'll say that I had my very first academic advising position at North Carolina. I keep up with all of those students now. And I'm so proud of them, like some of them have just finished their PhD, others are are teaching, Uh, others um, work in state departments, others are in sports uh, and coaching, and it's just been amazing. So the full circle, yes, has brought me back to where I began, which is what I enjoy doing, which is helping athletes be successful. The thing that really developed over my career from secondary education to college, to the professional level, is the desire to help people help athletes succeed. And actually that's the tagline to Hilliard Solutions is that we help professionals help athletes succeed. So our focus is, you saw that, okay. So, (laughs) excuse me, our focus is on how do we help other professionals be able to connect with athletes at different levels and to really help them to succeed, especially in this changing time. You know, we have a different group of athletes now uh, that are more empowered, um, that are more educated, um, and so how do we continue to help them become those leaders that we say that we're committed to doing?
0: I'm glad you actually brought that up because we uh, were reading your bio and we're like, help athletes and you know, help professionals help athletes. So I'm glad you uh, brought that up and, and clarified that for us. So. You uh, Maka mentioned this and uh, being in your dream job and once you get there for one it's hard to hard to get there and it's hard to come by those jobs once you're in those positions you may not want to leave and your transitions from college athletics to G League and NBA I'm sure there were very difficult decisions for you throughout you know that transition what were some of the key factors that ultimately led to you making those major moves throughout your career?
3: Wow, that's a great question, uh, Jakara, and I'm really happy that, that you asked that. I often share this with my career coaching clients, which is a part of the platform that we offer at Hilliard Solutions. For me, the whole journey, first starting with being an educator, who happened to be an athlete who had a passion for sports and athletics. So the decisions really that drove my career path emanated from who I was as a professional, okay, being an educator, And so the idea of continuing my education, you know, all the way through getting the PhD, and then how do I use that towards my passion, you know, for which, what I really enjoyed doing, which was programming and helping athletes to develop, really kind of drove my decisions. So in terms of my education, and so the opportunities that came along in sports uh, were a result of my work as an educator. So for example, When David Stern hired me at the NBA in 2001, when they were creating the model for the D League, which is now the G League, they were looking for someone that had a background like mine, an educator, person who had been an athlete, who had worked with athletes that understood programming and curriculum, because they understood that the majority of the guys in the D League would not be in the NBA. So given the model um, of the current G League still, they wanted to make sure that there was a a platform to develop those guys as young men outside of their sport. And that that has continued. So my trajectory started that way and advanced that way. So those were some of the major decisions. Also, just my own professional development. I've always wanted to create things to be innovative. And obviously, you know, going to the NBA and being able to create that model for the G League, uh, continuing education and professional development was something that was challenging to me. So, being a person that likes challenges, that propels you sometimes to make uh, different decisions. So, those kinds of factors um, influenced kind of my career. And then ultimately, I think understanding how to integrate education and business and sports. I began to see that. And so the opportunities that came along for me um, that I was able to take advantage of, uh, given my background, my passion, my desire, all kind of came together and uh, to help me make those decisions.
0: That's awesome. And I love how you stuck to, you know, doing what you love and your passion and making that, you know, the focus and making those decisions. Cause I know some of us, you know, it's either pay or it's location and we're just trying to make those hard decisions. But if you stick to what you truly love, then you'll find that in the end. Hopefully. It's funny that you,
3: um, Chikar, it's funny that you mentioned decisions and, and where they take you like physically. One of the things that I thought about today is that I never really thought about the locations, right? And where the opportunities were, I just kind of went. You know, I just took off. I think there was a point in my career where, if I get this correctly, like in seven years, you know, I had four different positions or lived in three different states. And that's sort of unusual. Uh, Maybe not today as much. Let's just say in a 10-year period was a significant piece of my development that occurred professionally um, in Michigan. From graduate school into several positions was really, really quick. I don't know if it happens that quickly today for young people, uh, but for me, there wasn't a lot of time is my point to think about it. And also to your point, I ended up in some places that were sacrifices. As you would say, if you work in a college town, you know, I was in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Right. Which most people never heard of when I worked at Central Michigan. I was in Saginaw, Michigan. You know, when I was a middle school counselor, I was in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Right. I was in East Lansing, you know, obviously in some of these smaller um, communities and places that sometimes you have to spend time or at least I did in order to advance in my career.
0: Right. Well, who would have thought I'd end up in Phoenix? I was in Houston (laughs) for a year and then ended up moving to Phoenix without ever visiting. So,
3: Wow. Is that right? Yep.
0: All righty. So your amazing career, I'm pretty sure you've had those success moments and things that you're proud of. Um, When we think about success, it's defined differently for everyone, whether it's receiving awards or title changes, being the main financial support for your family or just simply being happy. You've had an interesting career path to your current success. What were some career or personal decisions that you are most proud of that really helped to define success for you?
3: Again, I was driven by my education and the desire to continue to learn and grow and develop. You know, those actually affected uh, my decisions in a big way, as I mentioned earlier, because it was important for me to be an example for people that I wanted to impact later on. So when you make those decisions, you make sacrifices as well. But for me, education was always important in my life. It was important to my mom. It's the reason I went back and finished my PhD after I had been out of the program for seven years and working. So making that decision was very much influenced by my mom, by her commitment to education and the sacrifices really that my parents made for me. The decision also was based on I wanted to have a variety of experiences that I thought would equip me for the work that I would want to do later on. So, for example, when I left the MBA in 2016, uh, it was for my professional development, continued professional development reasons. I wanted to, to do some of the things in my career that I had not really had an opportunity to do, sort of that academic hat, if you will. So, being able to publish and to write and to consult and to teach, all of those things, you know, I had not yet had the opportunity to do. So, as I made the decisions to move through my career trajectory, they were focused really on the job, the positions, the work. And what I learned throughout my tenure is the professional development of myself. also important. In other words, professional development for me, my skill set, what did I really want to do? And that helped me to make the decision, which was tough, to leave the MBA, but it was time to do that. And so I sort of came full circle to what you said earlier, where am I now in my career? What is next for me? All the things that I've been able and blessed to accomplish, now for me, what do I want to do next? And so I think those decisions have really helped guide me and help me.
0: That's again, I'm just going to emphasize, I'm happy that you were able to do that. Cause I know a lot of us struggle with, you know, just grinding and getting in the routine and their career growth, but not also thinking about what do you want to get out of this for yourself? So that's awesome. And I'm happy you continue to keep that at the forefront as you're making your decisions. Thank you. So along with that, I'm pretty sure you've had some mama, I made it moments. Um, Absolutely. and working in sports comes with, endless amounts of great moments. What are one or two things you will never forget?
3: Wow. A lot of great memories from actually working the college level as well as at the professional level. But honestly, um, they were probably more personal. So I'll give you a personal and and maybe a couple of professional moments. Obviously, I mentioned earlier, achieving the PhD uh, was a personal goal, sort of that moment you talk about, I I feel like I've made it because I knew that accomplishing my educational goals would really kind of lay the groundwork for whatever it is that I ever wanted to do in life. And so it was a professional goal. And so now when I advise my clients in career coaching or, or several women who are thinking about going back, getting a PhD, I'm more helpful to them, if you will, and helping them to think about why are you doing this? What is it going to take? But I also recognize the personal fulfillment that comes from accomplishing a goal. And a goal doesn't necessarily have to be an advanced degree. It could be something very personal, but the satisfaction that you know that comes with that is something that's really important. Professionally, one was the first time uh, when I went to the MBA and I was hired there in 2001 and I went to orientation and David Stern was there. Um, the great David Stern, and he was going around introducing himself to all of the new employees. And he came up to me and he said, Dr. Hilliard, and he knew exactly who I was. I had come there from North Carolina. He knew all about me, and I was blown away. I'll never forget that. I was like, this guy knew who I was. You know, my background and all of that was really impressed me about him. I guess the other experience uh, at the professional level was just the opportunity to travel. You know, we had the opportunity with our teams for whether it was China Games or Europe Live or whatever each year to travel with them. So the opportunity to travel to five, six or seven different countries with our teams, with our athletes, uh, with our coaches really helped me to learn the business, uh, but also exposed me to travel and relationships that I created that will last a lifetime.
0: Nice. I'm sure we all love to travel right now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we're kind of stuck in. We're kind of stuck.
1: Dr. Janice, you talked about making transitions, both physically in your career to really, you know, lead yourself to success. When you find an organization that you value and you want to grow with, how do you have that conversation internally to let them know, you know, where you want your career to lead you, um, whether it's, you know, growing within your current career or your current role or, you know, finding a new path within
3: the organization? It's a great question because often we don't think about this. I talk about this again with my career coaching clients and I try to use my own experience because it's difficult to know. I usually suggest and I talk about starting with self-assessing and kind of looking internally at yourself and saying, what do I think my goals are for the rest of my career? Not only professionally, but also personally and write those down. What are your successes? What are the things that you've been good at that make you feel good, that make you smile? Think about your strengths, things that you've done well, things that you would like to improve. Think about your field, your industry that you're in now and whether or not that's something that based on your experience, you wanna stay in that field or have you learned some things that might help you to be interested in a different field and sort of gather an assessment of yourself your industry, what you think you might be interested in based on what you know, basically do your research and then self-assess and analyze, and then have that conversation with your department head, with your supervisor, with your manager. And a lot of times folks ask me, well, when do you do that? How do you know when to do that? For me, it was easy to do in my previous positions in college and in professional sports, because typically, and even in business, at some point, you have an opportunity to have an annual evaluation or a quarterly evaluation, so it makes it easier. Then, like, how do I approach my boss? You know, how do I just go in there? Uh, use that period to go in, and when you have your evaluation and you're being assessed about your performance, and, and take that opportunity to introduce your career goals and just to mm-hmm. communicate, hey, this is where I am. I think in my career, I love what I'm doing here. You know, I want to continue to grow. Use that kind of language. I want to continue mm-hmm. to develop what kind of experiences and ask the question of your supervisor of your manager what are the kinds of things that you think that i could become involved in either here in the organization or outside of the organization or in another area that might help me because here are the kinds of things that i'm thinking about you know here's where Mm -hmm. i think that i'm strong so you're coming to him or her with some information about yourself, with some information about what you might be interested in and you're asking for their help and for their support. So that that's a good time, I think, to sort of raise your, your interest. For someone who's working for a
1: large organization, what do you recommend them do to be able to really stand out, particularly for a woman who might be working in a
3: more male-dominated sport? Good question, because sometimes um, we often get so caught up in the work, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I know I had to kind of guard myself against this, particularly at larger institutions and organizations. So we're so focused on our work and what we're doing that we're not thinking like outside of the box. Like, do we go to another department? Do we reach out to an outside organization? Do we identify what other areas that we're interested in and then how do we begin to look for those opportunities? And I think some of the examples for me were when I kind of got to that point at the NBA, for example, again, having a background in education, talking to my immediate um, supervisor and saying, what are those opportunities, whether in education or professional organizations, presenting outside of my role um, at the NBA? What are those other kinds of things that, that I can be doing? And then also within the organization, within the athletic department. So the more that you learn about what's going on in other areas around you and what's going on outside in your industry, I think that it's easier to try to identify you know, where you want to go and, and what you want to pursue. And I don't know if that really focused on your question
1: Yeah, it does. Um, Particularly, you know, you mentioned just being aware of, you know, what other departments are doing or volunteering or, you know, just kind of being a part of, you know, what they're working on. I think that's a great way um, to really at least be known within the
3: organization. And more specifically, um, and those are examples, but more specifically uh, in a large organization, you know, there's other committees, there's other projects going on. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, asserting yourself or asking do some things or to volunteer Mm -hmm. there that increases your visibility in any Mm -hmm. area not just in sports and and being a woman um, in sort of a male dominated environment so the exposure brings you Mm -hmm. visibility outside of your particular group and outside your particular department and i think that's a big thing um, that i would recommend because from that other people see you outside of the organization and then maybe you join other committees Mm -hmm. or other organizations and and sometimes your visibility may be raised in your own organization based on what you're doing outside of your organization.
2: Right. Dr. Danis, you touched on this a little bit. Were there times in your career when you felt that you were complacent or you had trouble leaving your comfort zone? And what did you do to kind of give yourself the confidence needed to take a chance and leave what was familiar?
3: Never got complacent, honestly. I like it. <laughs> uh, Seriously, and part of that is because I had an unusual fast-paced career, like I mentioned earlier, within a 10-year period of time. Within a 12-year period of time, I was involved in a number of things. So my path was fast. In fact, I tell this story, I think in a commencement address uh, that I do. I've had one job in my life for three years- other than the NBA, I've had one position in my life that I worked at for three years. And that was early in my career. Throughout the rest of my 30 year career, I've never been on any particular job longer than three years. I've actually been in business now uh, longer (laughs) than I worked at most jobs. Now, you know, and I don't know how you uh, assess that, uh, but it was a a fast pace. So, so I haven't really experienced like I'm bored. But I have recognized from having been 15 years at the NBA, I did recognize that after that 10th or 11th, 12th year, not that I was complacent because I was always doing new things, but I began to realize that that self fulfillment and that professional development within me, the wanting to write, wanting to be able to speak and publish and those kinds of things were not getting done. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's similar to what you're asking. And then again, at that point, I, I followed the advice that I gave earlier in terms of having that conversation. But then also there's another step in there. It's like once you do that and come to that realization, then there's another piece, which is figuring out then now what to do as you ask, and how do I transition? It probably took me three years from the time that I realized that I wanted to go into business to consult and career coach that I actually left the MBA. Three years in trying to sort of figure that out. So it is a process. It does take time. And some of the advice that I would give is, I guess, similar to my experience, make sure that you continue to build your network and a new network. For example, when I left the NBA, which is just my most recent example, I mean, I keep giving that example. You know, when I was there, I had all these LinkedIn connections. I never even looked at LinkedIn mm-hmm. until I left the NBA. Seriously, obviously people wanted to connect with me because I was at the NBA or because I was at North Carolina or wherever at Houston. I never looked at it. But when it was time to transition and I wanted to go into business, guess what? I started then for the first time like looking at LinkedIn. And it wasn't that I didn't have a huge network already, which is obviously critical, but a new network from a source like LinkedIn people who were in business, who were in coaching and career coaching, people who were writing curriculum and design, doing research. Um, so I think that's a really critical part of assessing and obviously creating a plan, you know, and thinking about what it is that you want to do and beginning to create that network and interact with folks in the direction and space where you think that you might wanna be going.
2: No, that's some great advice. You know, I wonder, I know you, you know, you're giving out a lot of advice to your clients. What is some advice you find yourself repeating to clients?
3: Two things, one, self-assessment, because we don't take time to really look inside ourselves. The world moves so fast. We're on the move all the time, from graduate students to people who are ready to change careers. I find myself saying, you know, what are your values? Like, what are your real interests? How do you want to spend time? Because if you tell me you want to have this particular position, but then yet you value your own time, you want to be able to work out when you want to, well, that may not be consistent with what you say you want to do. Like, if you don't like to travel, but you're looking at jobs and positions that require you to travel all over the world, you just stop and think about that. Because you want your job, your career, your position to be consistent with your value. Because that I've learned is important. Not only does it guide what you do, it guides where you work. It guides your overall satisfaction. And isn't that what we all really want? We want to be working in an atmosphere, in an environment that satisfies our quality of life. And even now, more than ever, that's really important. And then the second thing I would say is do your research. Again, people who say they want to do different things, but then I find that they often have no idea like what's involved, what's required, what are the educational levels, what are the kind of networks that you need to have, what's the skill set that you need, and are you willing to do that research? And a classic example is clients who, when I start working with them early on, and I do career, excuse me, career coaching, I'm not a headhunter. I help people learn a process for career coaching. And then halfway through, they may get anxious and they start seeing jobs that they want to apply for. Okay. And then so we sort of stop the coaching process. And then what I find myself having to teach them is, okay, how do you assess this particular position? Let's look at this job description. And then once I force them to not only to do that research, to look at that job description, then I say, okay, now let's match up where exactly do you have this educational experience? And maybe not exactly, but where do you have this experience that you can show in a cover letter in your resume? Do you have these qualifications? Are you able to write the, a cover letter to show where your experiences actually connect? And I find that people are often so anxious that they don't do that research. They just, they want to apply for positions. Now, not that we shouldn't, but something that we think that we can do but people are often in a hurry. So I I really encourage uh, research and finding out, you know, what it is exactly that you think that you wanna do before you start pursuing it.
2: Yeah, you you made some excellent points.
3: You had some experiences, uh, in those areas, either yourself or with other people. and, and
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> <laughs> None that you want to share, huh?
0: <laughs> well, especially if there's a, a title that, you, that you're that you really looking for, a location that sticks out. I mean, sometimes you just get anxious and don't really think about it if you've been in a position for so long or with the organization. So that's great advice and a constant reminder for all of us to just make sure we're, for one, looking and making sure it's something that we want to do. And, and two, is it something that we're really qualified for?
3: And taking your time. You guys, I'm sure like me, uh, have a a big network. Even in my business, let's say if I were looking at a position or advising a client, part of what we do in our six steps in my coaching process is is looking at networking, right? And that's such a big term, everybody. It's so global. Like, what is it really? You know, what, what is networking? More importantly, how do you do it is what we teach people at Hilliard Solutions. And that means you have a bunch of people in your network but how you reach out to them, how you collect information, how you present yourself to them, what you ask them is really important to learn in the practice because it can save you some time and it can help you decide whether or not it's the position for you. For example, recently I spoke with uh, someone who's, who's not a client but is a colleague that's looking to transition from her private practice to work with athletes. She had an opportunity in the past with a professional sports team and no longer is working with the team, the coach left. So she's, how do I get back into this particular area to to bring my services? And one of the things that we talked a lot about was how her position happened in the first place, was connected to a coach who's no longer there. So then we talked about what happens in the sports environment. This is very typical. So this is something you need to know when you're making decisions about working in sports. Their coaches come and go, general managers come and go, and they get fired and they're gone and their staffs and people that hired them are gone. So it's not like it's a bad thing. So in other words, doing your research, like who is there and who do you know in that environment that can give you additional information about the culture in the environment of a particular position? You want to be in a situation. You want to know how confidentiality is handled if you're in athlete development, for example. You want to know what your latitude is. You want to know what your reporting expectations are. All of these things fit into choosing the right environment and location for you. And also realizing that things change and preparing yourself for change. How do you present yourself, market yourself, your special sauce, if you will, to fit into where you think that you want to be?
0: I immediately thought about college football and in Florida, how they go after these big teams, at least the the guys and athletes. And instead of going after the coach that they love that could be fired in two years, they need to go after, you know, the programs that uh, are <laughs> fit for them. So that's great advice, but that's immediately what I thought about when you mentioned that. So we've all had to take chances in our careers. Hindsight is 2020. Everyone's looking to you for advice and you're coaching others on their career. What about your career? As you reflect back, is there anything you would have done differently? Hmm. Probably
3: like the advice I give everybody else networked even harder and longer and networked more outside of my industry, outside of education and outside of sports. For example, in business, understanding the business of sports, you know, and how it worked at the professional level and even at the college level, but realizing that deep down inside, I had an interest eventually to be a consultant or to have my own business All of the folks that I interacted with at the college level and the professional level who were in business, who I was responsible for training and hiring and bringing in to provide programming or to develop our staff, learning, spending more time asking questions and learning about the business. Of education and the business of sports, if you will. I think that's the one thing I think that probably would have helped to accelerate my transition into business. For example, one of the the first things that I did when I transferred, transitioned over, took a marketing course, went through an online branding institute. All of those kinds of things related to the business aspect of your work. And I think that that's probably one thing, again, that we can all do better is to network. Fortunately, I've been able to draw upon that network from college and at the professional level in my business now, you know, as it relates to our symposium and all the kinds of other things that we're doing.
1: As we wrap up our discussion, just want to know, you know, what's next for you? I know you mentioned a little bit about Women's Symposium, but what are you working on?
3: Oh yeah, thank you. Well, I'm really excited. Uh, First of all, we're in the process of rebranding Hilliard Solutions, so we should have a great new exciting website up in a few weeks and a logo, so I'm really excited about that. But we're also in the process of planning our annual event. Um, We have a women and athlete development symposium and networking event that was created uh, in 2019. The idea is to bring together women who are interested in entering into the field, of athlete development or advancing in the field, from graduate students all the way to those that are working in the profession, to really connect them with women industry leaders to help them to create a networking environment, a mentoring environment in this growing field of athlete development. So we bring together uh, women professionals from both of those levels. We have some sessions. Uh, we're virtually completely online. It's April 7 through 8, 2021. We are ecstatic to be partnering with our major sponsor, actually. That's the University of California, Berkeley, School of Social Welfare. And we are excited to partner with them and to just bring some information and awareness um, to everyone that's interested in this particular field, especially women. We want to um, actually announce the event. Uh, I think our Save the Date is going to come out in just a few weeks. So look for that. It'll have our information announcing the dates, and it'll also give a little bit of information about who we'll be inviting and who our speakers will be. So if you just follow me, or follow Hilliard Solutions at, uh, on Twitter at uh, H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D-S-O-L-U-T-I, the number one, on Instagram at Hilliard Solutions, And of course on LinkedIn, hilliardsolutions.com is our website. In the next few weeks or so, uh, you'll start to receive some initial information. Uh, Registration won't open until February. So hopefully we'll have you guys uh, participate or or get involved in some way. We're really excited. This is our third event and it just keeps growing and uh, getting larger.
2: I'm I'm definitely interested.
3: Great, great. Follow us. (laughs) We sure will.
2: Well, thank you again
3: for
1: your time today. Um, definitely was a great conversation. Um, so just to wrap us up, we we'll want to have a little quick uh, lightning round of questions for you. All right. Let me, let me
3: sit up. <laughs> <laughs> let me sit up and get ready. Give me the ball. Give me the hoop. <laughs> All right. Shoot.
1: <laughs> These are short one sentence questions. And just give us like first thing that comes to your mind. Quick, quick answer.
3: Um, first question is, what is the current TV show you're watching? Netflix, just anything on Netflix. I just finished Gotham. I've seen the whole series.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is one thing that has been good that has come out of this COVID era?
3: Being able to spend more time with my family that's three hours away. I can drive to see them now. So that's been good and where I feel safe.
0: Absolutely. Last question, next vacation spot or favorite vacation spot?
3: Whoa, the next vacation spot is, I'm actually, my birthday is in a few weeks. And so uh, I don't know that I get a vacation anymore uh, being in business, because I'm always working. But I have not been to the Museum of African American History in DC so i don't know if i'll consider it a vacation but that's where i want to see if it's open now during covid and i want to go there next i
0: believe everywhere is open now unfortunately (laughs) Uh, with these numbers spiking but hopefully it's still (laughs) open by the time you go there and they're taking the necessary uh, precautions thanks everyone for tuning in we hope this discussion helps anyone navigating their career maybe feeling complacent or just simply having trouble making major major decisions that will impact your career uh, Dr. Janice Hilliard, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your amazing journey and accomplishments. We're truly inspired by the amazing career you've had, and we know it doesn't stop here. So we're looking forward to hearing and seeing more great things from you in the future.
3: Well, thank you, guys. I've really enjoyed myself. It's so exciting um, just to see you, Jakara, and have an opportunity to be a part of your, your podcast. And I look forward to uh, keeping in contact with you all.
2: Oh, absolutely. And happy early birthday.
3: Thank you. Thank you.